Hey everyone, welcome to the Aesthetic Edit Podcast. Woo. My name's Mary Rob. I'm Savannah Barano. You guys, this is our first episode. We are so excited. So excited. In case you guys didn't know, um, the Aesthetic Edit is also ran by Social Practice. We're a social media agency. Mm-hmm. But this year, we really wanted to sink our teeth into a project that would create a bigger impact for the aesthetics community. Absolutely. And Savannah, why don't you kick us off? Let's talk a little bit about why we want to do this and what we're most excited about. Absolutely. Well, first off, I can't believe it's already here. It I know. came so quickly. I feel like it was just like a little ounce of an idea. Now it's like come to life and it's crazy. But I'm most excited about one, just kind of educating people on what social practice is in case anybody out there is looking for social media help, but also just showing the importance of how social media can be utilized in marketing nowadays and just about the aesthetic industry in general. I think that it used to be this very taboo industry that people didn't want to talk about. And so I'm really excited to talk about it, inform people and just use this podcast as a resource. Yeah. What about you? I, I I think that that's a great point with especially the aesthetic industry being taboo in a mm-hmm. sense. This podcast is definitely going to be for aesthetic professionals, um, owners, doctors, providers. But we also want it to be a place that just anyone can tune in and learn and be inspired and get questions answered. Um, because I think the aesthetic industry is so fascinating and there's mm-hmm. so much technology and so much evolution in the space. And social media is a huge influence on the aesthetics industry because now everyone's walking around with their phone in their face. They are taking photos of themselves more than they ever have before. And so social media and aesthetics are, they basically go hand in hand. Absolutely. And you've been in the aesthetic industry since like 2016, right? So it's like, that's kind of your experience that you had with that. And just social media in general is what kind of grew social practice in your mind. So what was that like with wanting to get it started and what kind of made you want to do that? Yeah. So it's crazy because even just five years ago, there wasn't any social media agencies out there that Mm -hmm. really knew how to help these practices get the right exposure. And as a millennial, you know, we grew up on social media. We had Facebook. We had MySpace, Zanga in middle school. And (laughs) it, it was so frustrating for me because I saw these companies selling social media, but they weren't doing it in a way that resonated and actually landed with audiences and Mm -hmm. and that actually connected with people. The whole purpose of social is to be social and to tell stories and to use it as a way to attract in the people that you want to do, do business with and, or patients. So that's where I found an opportunity, a gap in the market to start a social media agency. And here we are today. Savannah actually entered the business a year ago. And one of my bigger challenges as the founder, as the visionary, was to find someone who could really take the vision that I had for this business. I mean, look, it's evolved. So we now have multiple businesses that we're operating. Yeah. But take that, take that vision and actually be able to execute on it. And Savannah entered the business a year ago. What has your experience been like and how has your role evolved over the past year? Oh my gosh, my experience has been incredible. Um, I started at the, a year ago in a CEM role, so client experience manager, to where I was kind of the main point of contact for any of the clients, accounts that I was managing, help kind of walk them through the process of getting it all executed, strategizing, working with the creative team. And over time, it's evolved a few ways. I, at first, kind of stepped more into a sales business development. We liked to call it partnership development because we really valued the partnership with our clients um, position. So I was in 
a area where I was going to be pitching our services to new potential clients that would be coming in. And then after a little bit, I loved the experience I was able to get with that. You and I discussed there was really a hole in the structure of our company for operations. I think with us valuing excellence so much, it's really great to have this operations role figured out because I can help to make sure that all of our employees are putting out the most excellent work that they possibly can and that all of our partners and clients are experiencing the best excellent experience that they can. So I think it's really been incredible. Yeah. To learn more about the Aesthetic Edit Podcast, follow us on social media at the Aesthetic Edit Podcast. We can be found on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We'd love to hear from you if you have show ideas or guest recommendations for our future podcast episodes. So we talked about this a little bit earlier, but the whole point of this pilot episode is we just want to kind of educate all of y'all out there on the intentions behind this podcast, what to expect. We'll give a few sneak peeks about some hot controversial topics. We are known to digress in some of our conversations that we have. And so Ron, our producer, is going to keep us on track Thank you, if Ron. we go on a little tangent here. So uh, the first thing is we're just going to talk about some of the intentions. And we have some different audiences that we're going to be kind of targeting with this podcast. But Mary, if you mm -hmm. want to explain what some of those are. I've got my notes, so there will be no tangents. Oh, but beautiful. I really am passionate about connecting with other entrepreneurs and the aesthetics industry. And I want this to be a place where we can marry the two pieces of talking about business ownership, talking about growing your practice, talk about the peaks and the pits of moving from being the person who does the work that does the injectables, that does the surgeries to also being a business owner. But also I want this to be a place where we can break down a lot of the controversies that are happening in the aesthetics industry and really dive in deep with aesthetic professionals on what their opinions are around this. Because I can tell you there's so many times when I'm in conversations with friends or family and they bring stuff up related to the aesthetics industry and they, there's so much misinformation. There's so much. You took the word right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the, the industry used to be taboo, you know, and yeah. now it's, it's just so common. Mm -hmm. And me being in the industry, I'm especially just very immune to any feeling of, you know, oh, this is, this is controversial. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I shouldn't tell people that I get Botox, that I got filler, I've, I've had surgery, whatever. Yeah. For me, I tell everybody, but I, I really think that the general public and just people don't always fully know what's going on, how things work and what's true, what's not true. So I want this to be a place where we can really shine a light on the aesthetics industry. So what's most gratifying about the work we do at social practice is we're able to expose the truths behind the aesthetics industry. Mm -hmm. We help our doctors and our clients address common questions, debunk myths, get very specific about the procedures and the services that they offer to their patients, because there is a lot of misinformation out there. And there's a lot of misconceptions. And at times, there is still a little bit of judgment and shame around the aesthetics industry in general. And mm -hmm. That's what's great about social media is we get to take a peek behind the curtain, show what these practices do, show their passions, show what they value, show the outcomes they can provide for these patients mm -hmm. and really show an inspiring inside look at the work they're doing. I love that. I love that so much. And I feel like what's really cool too is now we're in a day where we have resources at our fingertips constantly for education. Mm -hmm. And so for us to have another platform to be able to educate everybody about the aesthetic industry, yeah. about what they can be doing differently, whether they're working in it or what they can know more about hot trending procedures or treatments in the industry is going to be really helpful. Okay, let's go there. The hot topics, things trending in the aesthetics industry. Mm -hmm. 
Ozempic, semaglutide. Huge one. Very controversial. Still a lot of judgment around it. Can't wait to dive into that with some of our guests. Absolutely. I feel like they're going to be able to provide us a way um, to shine a little bit more, less of a, I know we've been saying this word a lot, but taboo way Mm -hmm. to be experiencing those treatments and be getting them Mm -hmm. um, and a safe way to do it too. Because I think a lot of people are just concerned about the safety behind it. Yeah. You guys, we just need better education. Mm -hmm. We need more clarity. 100%. We're going to go there with our guests. Mm -hmm. What about breast implant illness? A hot topic. Huge topic. Huge topic. I think a lot of people, again, there's the misinformation. A lot of influencers have been bringing this to light that have a huge following. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, everybody's concerned that they all have it when you've said it best. It's very, very rare for some to get them Mm -hmm. um, to actually get breast implant illness. And so bringing somebody on to educate about what that is and what they can do to figure out if they're actually experiencing that. Yeah. And to be fair, the only reason I know that it's more rare than Mm -hmm. it is common is because we work with plastic surgeons. So Mm -hmm. we want this podcast to be a platform to educate the general public as well on the truths behind what's happening in the aesthetic space. Mm -hmm. Also, 2024 is an election year. Four (laughs) years ago, we had COVID, the whole world shut down. A lot of business owners, practice owners are, we're fearful. Mm -hmm. We're not sure what's going to happen. So talking about what to expect, bringing in experts on the economy and Mm -hmm. on how to best prepare our businesses just in case that were to happen again or some version of it were to happen again. Absolutely. Is 2020 going to repeat itself? Another fun thing we're going to be talking about is budgeting for marketing. We're going to bring on some great guests to show people exactly how much they need to be putting towards budgeting for marketing. Mm -hmm. And I think something that's really interesting is people are fearful to actually put money towards marketing. Mm -hmm. They just don't see the value behind it yet, especially social media. I think since it's still relatively new, people are used to putting it towards more traditional marketing expenses. But we're here to tell you, you need to be budgeting for marketing more than you probably are. Well, it's the whole idea behind when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. You can't Mm -hmm. make a decision as an owner around how you're going to invest your money, how you're going to grow unless you have a number. Ah. So we'll we'll bring in experts to talk about that. Mm -hmm. And then another hot topic is going to be around how we can convert our patient consults and our patient leads being in marketing. We send so many leads to our clients and we very consistently are working with them to help them better develop their teams to convert these leads into patients. Mm -hmm. What does that follow-up process need to look like? How do we get them in the door? How do we keep them in the door? How do we retain our patients? So diving in deep on some of those topics. And by the way, you guys, we are open to ideas. Um, If you follow us on our social medias, we would love to hear what other types of things you want us to be talking about, because this is, this is a podcast for you and for anyone that's wanting to grow their practice. So Mm -hmm. we're open. Send us all the topics. (laughs) To learn more about social practice, go to social-practicetx.com or you can find us on all social media platforms at Social Practice US. Okay, let's get to the fun part. My favorite part. We're obsessed with the aesthetics industry. Obsessed. And we both have had our own experiences Mm -hmm. with different procedures and services. And I feel like we're a little bit less sensitive to talking about it. 100%. So what I love the most about the aesthetics industry is that I started getting these procedures almost 10 years ago. My very first procedure was getting my teeth fixed. I got four veneers and I cannot explain how that fully changed my confidence, my Mm self-esteem, my energy even. Just that one small change made such a huge difference 
in my life. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm so passionate about talking about it. I don't think it should be a shameful thing. 100% I agree. I think that it can be so easy for people to just point fingers and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you got this done. Or like, why did you start doing this so young? But at the end of the day, I'm a big believer on if you have insecurities around something that can easily be fixed and you're not going overboard with it, then 100% you should be able to do it and not feel shame around it. Yeah. And so that's why I started. I got my first Botox treatment when I was either 20 or 21. Yeah. And uh, I remember a lot of people, every time I tell them, they're like, that is so young. And I'm like, yeah. I, it's different for everybody. It's depending on their genetics. It depends yeah. on the way that their expressions on their face work. And so I had really deep lines on my forehead and I'm a very expressive person. Yeah. And so I would be getting creases in my makeup and I started noticing them in pictures and it just was something I was really insecure about. And my sister, who's two years older, had gotten something done similar because of similar insecurities that she had. And so I was like, well, I want to try this. Yeah. And the amount of a confidence boost mm-hmm. that I got after doing that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like, and I feel like so many people need to know that. And that's why I'm so passionate about it now is I don't want people to feel shame around it. Mm-mm. I want them to feel confident rather mm-hmm. than shame. So why not be able to talk about it and us help spread the awareness of why people should be able to do this? That should be our tagline. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's just talk about it. We Let's said make it. it a thing. <laughs> I mean, I really don't, any, any sort of judgment around these types of things just we need to do away with it if this podcast that's that that could be our mission yeah is we're not going to have judgment and shame around aesthetic procedures anymore yeah for women or for men we're here to convince you otherwise but if you don't like it then don't this listen podcast is not for you <laughs> <laughs> i love that um but we do need to be mindful that some people do take it too far 100%. and so that's why the work that we do by exposing the stories and the outcomes of these surgeons and these providers is to help educate the public on what they can do and, and how to be careful to not take it to a place where now your mental health is impacted. Yes. I think it can be so easy to want to get work done in a place of comparison. Mm. And so my mindset is usually always, am I wanting to do this for me or mm-hmm. am I wanting to do this because of somebody? Mm-hmm. And so that's a really good indicator on, is this something that I should be doing? And then also finding those providers that are not afraid to tell you no, and that this mm-hmm. is not something that is the best for your frame or for your mental health. Maybe there are some providers that are actually take that into consideration. And so mm-hmm. being very mindful of that. Yeah. And that's also kind of ties into what we're looking at in this upcoming year mm-hmm. of what's going to resonate the most and what's going to be trending the most, if yeah. you will, is people are used to this curated content and they're also used to people being one version of themselves and not showing the full picture. So People are going to want more authenticity. They're going to want longer form content where you really go into depth about the things that you're talking about, not just giving them, you know, the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. But um, with the work that we're doing, we we definitely want to make sure that we're being mindful in the stories that we're sharing and, and showing the full picture as much as we can. Absolutely. I think another way that it's going to be great for more people to use on social media is just the fact that it can be a search engine mm-hmm. and that people can be using it for an educational source. Mm-hmm. I go to it if I'm looking up an answer to any question, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Instagram, I go to that more than I go to just Google in general. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to become a really big trend. It's already started a little bit. I think we're going to see so much more of it in 2024. And that's a great thing for our providers to take advantage of Mm -hmm. is just getting their information out there to combat Mm -hmm. all of the misinformation that is already put out there. 
Yeah, and I can't wait to talk to our guests who own practices and businesses mm-hmm. and and figure out what are some major wins that they've accomplished through social media and what were those tips and tricks, what worked for them. Oh, yeah. And then also how has it impacted their business? So I can't wait to talk more about that Absolutely. and hopefully get, get answers for our audience and, and find areas of inspiration of how you can use social media to have a bigger impact in your community and, and grow your practice. Yeah, I mean, because if you think about it, like, 15 years ago, social media wasn't even a thing. We both lived in a time where social media wasn't here, which is kind of crazy to think about. You were in high school when it started. I was in middle school. You were in middle school. Okay, I feel like Instagram got really prevalent when I was in middle school. Oh my gosh. This is... I forget how old you are sometimes. I'm like, I'm older. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm 27 and so are you. I'm 27. It's, it's weird. <laughs> she goes up, I go down. But it's crazy to think about. Like we lived in a time where we didn't have it and now our entire career is revolving around it and we're getting to help other people utilize it for their businesses. But how do you feel like it's impacted your life just mm. either personally or I mean, or we can get into professionally? It's, there's been so many benefits, especially from a career perspective, Yeah. but definitely early on, earlier on in my life, especially in middle school, high school, I experienced a lot of bullying and that's when I first yeah. learned the negative impact of social media mm-hmm. and mental health, which is why through this podcast, I want us to start shedding some light on that and, and helping encourage each other to be more mindful mm-hmm. of how we can show up and be present and active on social and use it as a positive tool yeah. while also being mindful of of how it, people spend two and a half hours a day on social media. That's the average number. I'm probably one of those people. <laughs> so just think about the impact on your mental health that that takes. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like one thing I've had to really stop doing is it's so easy to right when you wake up in the morning, grab your phone and start scrolling. Oh. Whether that be TikTok, whether that be Facebook or Instagram, anything. And I realize when I wake up and do something more productive with my time immediately, whether that's drink water yeah. or do my quiet time, like whatever it is, I always feel so much more productive in the morning than when I'm just like endlessly scrolling for like 30 minutes right oh. when I get out of bed. Yeah. I, you, there's like research around that about yeah. how you need to wait at least two to three hours if you do, your, if you're part of the 5 a.m. club. If you're yeah. part of that. So from five to eight, club. yeah, you can join the 5 a.m. <laughs> club. Um, five to eight, don't touch your phone. You do yeah. your whole morning routine and just wait because the second you pick it up, all the cortisol is going to start spinning yeah. and all of a sudden just all everything's going to come at you at once. One thing that I just started doing that I'm actually really excited about, I was kind of nervous at first because okay. I'm charging my phone at night in the bathroom. <gasps> yeah. So it's like I, I literally it's just like this physical barrier of like when I get up and then I remember, oh, it's all the way over there. That's right. I don't need to look at it yet. That honestly would help me not game snooze. Changer. Because well, yeah. if it's right on my nightstand or under my mm-hmm. pillow, which honestly might not be good for my health if it's <laughs> under my pillow, but I'm so used to just hitting snooze. But if I had to mm-hmm. actually get out of bed to go hit snooze, I might just need to get an alarm clock first off. Yeah. That would solve the problem. But yeah. that's such a great way to start your day off with like the right mental health. Cause I feel like at its worst, social media in general can just be like really toxic on your mental health, but mm-hmm. at its best, it could be something where it's like, I mean, I found my husband there. So it's like, that's so right. Easy. Oh my gosh. Exactly. <laughs> it's great. It's great, great relationship building tool yes. in all aspects of life. So I will say, I think that's one of my favorite things about social media is being able to mm-hmm. like nurture those relationships that maybe they're not local to you, mm-hmm. whether that's friends or family mm-hmm. and you can meet new people that way as well. So that's probably one of my favorite things. Yep. Yep. Well, this is what we're really excited to be talking about on the podcast is how we can use social media in a positive way and in a way that will benefit our businesses and our lives. So we are so excited to launch this thing. We've been brainstorming on it for a while. Thank you all so much for tuning in and we will see you guys very soon. See you soon, guys. 
You can find us on social media at the Aesthetic Edit Podcast. We're on all podcast platforms, so don't forget to subscribe and we'd love to hear from you. And follow Social Practice on social media. You can find us at Social Practice US. If you'd like to become a guest on the podcast, visit our webpage at social-practicetx.com slash the-aesthetic-edit.